G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. First up, though, we always catch up with the Salt Shakers this time on a Thursday. And so a special welcome to Peter Stokes from Salt Shakers. Hello, Peter. Good morning, Neil. Great to talk to you, Peter. And uh, this is a regular segment we do with Salt Shakers on a Thursday. And we like to keep up to date with some of the issues that are shaping our nation. Uh, Let's talk about one of those primary ones that really does shape generation upon generation, and that is the uh, National Education Curriculum. There has been a review of the Australian National Curriculum. Uh, What are your thoughts on that review? Well, uh, firstly, I should apologise. It's probably afternoon rather than morning. But I was going to um, let you get away with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from that, it's, um, it's nice to have some good news, Neil. And um, certainly I would suggest that an overview of that report is really good news for our young people and um, for all of those who put in many submissions, and we thank them for doing that. Um, there have been contact with the people doing the review and... There have been quite substantial uh, suggestions of changes that bring it far more in line with a um, our traditional Christian values and and getting back to education rather than trying to um, uh, put a philosophy into people's minds at a very young age. Um, the, the previous. Uh, national curriculum was very much about pushing Aboriginal issues and Aboriginal culture and and really defining uh, that as as Australia and and frankly although they were you know very important to Australia um, the English uh, arrival was a, a major moment and of course our own Prime Minister recognised that recently by saying that he thought it was probably the major moment in the history of Australia. Interestingly, Peter, those Indigenous communities listening into our conversation might take a little bit of issue with you uh, saying that those things are not important. Uh, The interesting thing here is, though, by way of the way those things are communicated, and as I understand it, the old curriculum uh, had those sorts of priorities of Indigenous Australians and sustainability and Asian perspectives across all of the subjects. And the review actually hasn't said, let's not have a focus on Indigenous Australians, but it said, let's treat these as separate subjects, uh, not across all subjects. Is that the case? That is, that is true. And I wasn't suggesting that the, the culture wasn't important. Um, what I was suggesting was that the indoctrination of our children throughout the whole curriculum, as you you pointed out, was really uh, very much an overkill. Um, and really that that previous curriculum dismissed the, the huge effect that um, European, British culture, Christian heritage has had on this nation and, and virtually wiped it out of the curriculum. There was 
really no emphasis put on those things that have really shaped Australia in the last couple of hundred years. And, um, uh, and yes, the, taking them out of everything, in other words, trying to teach Aboriginal culture in maths um, is, is, is really as bad as trying to te- teach Christianity in maths. You just don't do it. it maths is maths. And, and trying to uh, weave in all these extracurriculum things. And as the report said, you know, uh, teachers have been overwhelmed and, and the kids have probably been overwhelmed in trying to do all these things throughout the whole curriculum. So there's an awful lot of common sense uh, in this report. Of course, it was done by people who um, largely would, uh, some have said, are biased to our viewpoint, but nevertheless, um, they've had a good close look at it. They asked for submissions from everybody, and I think they have really come out with a very good report which really should set the education for this nation into the future and deal well with the past. From what I've read of the review, uh, the word balance is a pretty strong word that's being used there. So really when people might be concerned about all of a sudden overkill with inclusion of our Judeo-Christian perspective and uh, the influence of Western civilization, there is a sense in which balance is a word that is coming into play here, Peter. Absolutely. And that was what was really totally missing from the previous Labor government's national curriculum. Um, It was very much skewed to their philosophical agenda. And, uh, you know, some would say, well, now it's, you know, possibly going to be skewed to ours. But that word balance is important. And there needs to be a, a real shaping of our young people into understanding what has gone on for not just pre uh, British arrival, but, but during the last 200 years, what has shaped and underpinned our culture. And, and of course, it raises the whole issue of the importance of marriage and family and those Christian values which are being pushed aside. That's right. Everything we think about today and the changes that various minority groups are trying to push, uh, some of these things are influenced by our history. And so getting the history in place, getting the history right, getting the balance right, reflecting our Judeo-Christian heritage and the influence of Western civilization, those things are very, very important when we start to plot our future. Because if you can't understand the past, how are you going to be able to uh, plot the future in an effective way? That brings me to another issue, Peter, and that is an issue of a bill that is being proposed by the Norfolk Island Legislative Assembly, uh, which is being debated uh, midway through this month. Uh, Another backdoor attempt, as I understand it, to bring uh, homosexual marriage to Australia. What are your thoughts on what's happening on Norfolk Island? I think you've summed it up really well, uh, Neil, but some people would be saying, well, you know, Norfolk Island, that's, you know, a long way off there. It's a very small place. Um, but it is very important to understand the what we would call the domino effect. Um, and the homosexual lobby have tried to push this marriage issue in on mainland Australia. It, uh, it was passed by the ACT government and then, of course, overturned by the High Court, who said that the federal government have the only jurisdiction to actually change the Marriage Act. Now, that's good. But what they then did was to run off, and we know that Rodney Croom ran off to Norfolk Island, where there are only nine ministers in their Legislative Assembly. 
and he's been lobbying hard for them to pass a marriage, a same-sex marriage bill, and it's called the Same-Sex Marriage Bill to 2014. It's it's blatant. It's um, proud, if you like, um, but it contains a lot of danger because a it would set a, Norfolk Island comes under the Australian government. It's a bit like the ACT Northern Territory, um, and and so it's part of Australia. And if this was to be enacted in one part of Australia, then the domino effect would once again be churned out. Well, they've done it. Why shouldn't we? We're already hearing, you know, England have done it, Canada have done it, New Zealand have done it. We should do it. But, of course, we need to remember that back in 2012, our Australian government refused to pass or um, failed a bill to change the Marriage Act. That's just two years ago. Um, it's amazing these things keep coming, but most of this keep coming is people trying to push their agenda, of course. Um, but I've looked at some of the stuff in this bill, and of course the, the actual bill suggests that a same-sex marriage may be solemnised on any day, at any time, and at any place in Norfolk Island. Hmm. Now, you know, that means that if you are a church in Norfolk Island... If that on that statement, you cannot refuse to have a same-sex marriage ceremony or uh, whatever in on your premises. The next part that worries me is if same-sex marriage is solemnised by an authorised settlement being a minister of religion. So they're not doing the usual sidestepping to be politically correct uh, from their point of view and saying, well, of course, this won't affect churches and it won't affect ministers. Ministers were precluded from actually doing ceremonies, I understand, in ACT. But here they're quite openly suggesting that, well, they can be done anywhere, so your church is a target. Now, even if the church doesn't agree with it, the church will be approached, uh, no doubt, because that's the way they work, and they will put pressure on, and if the church says no, then they will claim discrimination and all sorts of things. Um, Mm. So there are many dangers to the church, to Australians... Uh, and this, if it's passed, will no doubt undermine the rest of Australia in terms of being a little wedge in the system of government to push the federal government to move and change the Marriage Act. Let's talk about Norfolk Island. I mean, I've not been to Norfolk Island, and I suspect most people listening to our conversation now have never been to Norfolk Island. When you describe it, uh, as like a smaller version of the ACT or the Northern Territory. It's a territory. It's an Australian territory. So uh, if there was a foothold there, it's a foothold into the rest of the nation. Uh, some people would say, well, oh, well, that could be a place where you could have a testing ground to see if it worked. That's not as easy as that, is there? Because what you're wanting is for uh, the government to put its foot down early and not allow this to go any further so that there's no then uh, you know, whole process that goes through the High Court and uh, overturning these things, it does create a lot of uh, challenge and uh, a lot of ongoing effects. What, what are your thoughts, Peter, about what ought to be done uh, with this particular bill? Well, I believe that we, as concerned Australians, should write very politely to the people in Norfolk Island, to the Chief Minister, to the executive, um, which are the legislators, and and point out to them our concern about them doing this, point out that the Australian government has already said no to this just two years ago, and point out to them that they're they're not acting alone. 
they're not just a one-off situation. They're, anything that they, they do in changing the very foundations of human relationships will undoubtedly affect every Australian and therefore we have a right to be concerned. And, and I think we need to write in that sort of manner that, that while we accept that Norfolk Island is to a degree independent, Nowhere is independent today. We live in what everybody likes to call a global society. And whatever one society does, it affects another society, especially when that is part of the same country. So we're going to put up on our website a list of addresses for people to write to. It's not up there yet. We've had software changes and things that have caused us a fair few problems in the last few days but we're getting over those but there will be we will put on a front page of our website some email addresses for people to write polite personal letters just simply asking these people to think bigger than north of ireland well think about australia but also we do need to be suggesting that George Brandis ought to be saying to Norfolk Island, no, folks, this is not a wise thing to do because, you know, the High Court has already overturned the ACT and the likelihood is they're going to overturn you too. So why waste your time, basically? It's an attempt, isn't it, to wear everyone down and uh, create a whole lot of fatigue and uh, this whole drip principle of just uh, incremental change is one of the challenges that we face when it comes to defending uh, the marriage that we have in Australia between one man and one woman in a lifelong relationship for the benefit of those children. Well, I'll point people to your website, and you say there's a few little software issues at the moment, so if you can't get those straight away, keep trying. Uh, Google Salt Shakers. It's saltshakers.org.au, and you'll be able to get some details about how you can write a letter. And uh, and just as Peter is saying, a gentle way of just encouraging those legislators on Norfolk Island to make a decision here that doesn't set up a whole big process of High Court challenges for the future. Peter Stokes from Salt Shakers, always good talking. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.